When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Happy Cinco de Mayo, bringing you in on some Blink-182, A New Hope there. I got to see Blink-182 in Tallahassee this week, so uh, got that, and then of course, May the 4th was yesterday, so we got Blink-182 singing about Star Wars to bring you in. Can't please everybody, sorry for the Cinco de Mayo crowd. but We got the beer for it, though. That's right. We have our regular Bold City Brewery, and we also have some Mexican beers to celebrate. So, um, big shout out to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. You can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. Big shout out to them. Make sure to go check out their new location, downtown Jacksonville, East Bay Street. Go check them out, and tell them we sent you. Um, this is our first recording since the draft, unfortunately. We've had some crazy scheduling conflicts and... It's all Hunter's fault. Yeah, let's just blame it on Hunter. <laughs> Today we've just got myself, Jordan DeLugo, and Scott Klein, my co-host. We're missing our other co-host, Hunter Evans, who has more important things to do on a Friday than Coach sit around and talk, talk Jaguars football. Yeah, he's had a lot of coaching going on this weekend, practice, and, you know... We see where his allegiances lie. <laughs> his job. <laughs> yeah. Priorities, man. But we've got the entire draft to get into. We've got some news that's happened since the draft. We've got undrafted free agents. Whole bunch of good stuff. Jaguar made a top made the NFL's annual top one hundred players list. A lot of fun stuff, so we'll get right into it. Again, this is the Gen Jag Podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm I've been battling a cold all week, and of course going to a concert and screaming your ass off for two hours doesn't help, but it is what it is. Um, So yeah, this is the 27th episode of the Gin Jag Podcast. Find us online at ginjag.com. We've got latest video updates, news, analysis. We've got everything for you there at ginjag.com. You can also sign up to be a member of our Jaguars fan group. Uh, we tailgate for every Jaguars home game. All our members get to drink for free, eat for free, have a good, a good old time. So go check it out at genjag.com. And uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag. All right, Scott, let's get to it. Where do we begin? My goodness. Well, we begin with round one. <laughs> Pick number four. <laughs> the big guy. I mean, the guy we've been talking about for weeks. Yeah. So there was a couple situations where it was possible that Fournette might not be there. It seemed like 
the Niners had some legitimate interest in him. There were even talks of when the trade happened that it was potentially us moving up for Fournette. Right. So there was a little bit of shuffling around in front of us. The Bears got worked by first-year oh GM John Lynch. Uh, so that happened, but... <sighs> That's yeah. That's a gotta feel bad for Bears fans on that one. That's that's brutal. They gave up three picks in order to move up one spot. (laughs) And take the guy that San Francisco might not even have taken him. They wouldn't have taken him. They had to have just said, "Hey, we're getting calls from elsewhere." Yeah, sweet the deal. Yeah, so sucks for them. But Jaguars, Leonard Fournette, anywhere from two hundred twenty-eight to two hundred forty pounds, six feet tall, can run through you, can run past you. He can pretty much do everything you want on the football field as a running back. There are questions about his um, receiving prowess, as he wasn't asked to do that too much at LSU. But and his just kind of let's let's call it agility. As yeah, far as like lateral quickness and right. There's question about that, but whether it's warranted or yeah. not, we'll find out. Yeah. Obviously, what's your overall? Feeling about the pick, Scott? I mean, you. We there's there's been so much speculation that he's the guy, so he's the one that you kind of focus on. And man, when you watch the tape, you just you your eyes just they grow huge. It's just crazy thinking about the possibilities of of what he could bring a football team. He's the 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 size of a football player that he is to do the things that he can do. The Ole Miss game alone was. One of those unbelievable games I've ever seen by a single player. Yeah, it really was. And there was some incredible performances by other running backs this year. That one took the kick. I mean, he didn't get 30 carries like Samaj Pirine did. Or like Deontay Foreman (laughs) did. But I think he averaged almost 20 yards a carry in that game or something At one point in the fourth quarter, he had seven rushes for 249 yards and three touchdowns. And, you know, all these college stats, we bring them up not because they're what matter, but it's how those ch- stats were achieved. Yeah. Running through people, running past SEC people. In the Ole Miss game, he ran 22.9 miles per hour he was clocked at, which was faster than any NFL player ran in a game in 2016. <laughs> That's crazy. For at 235 pounds. Whew. So there, he's obviously, he has the big play ability that Chris Ivory kind of lacks. Yeah. And that TJ Yeldon clearly lacks. Yeah. Uh, Yeldon, you would kind of think of more as a guy that should be able to get big plays, but he has no top end speed. Yeah. All he is is quickness and agility. He's got a little power too, shiftiness to his game. Mm-hmm. But in terms of running past people or keeping his top speed up, he always gets caught. Yeah, Leonard Fournette's an athlete. Yeah. The Jaguars haven't seen. Uh, we've had some darn good running backs, too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you always think of Freddie T and Maurice Jones-Drew, but going back before that and even during their time, Greg Jones would have been a good quality starting running back in the NFL. He proved that when he had to start all year for Fred Taylor. Stacy Mack was a beast of a running back back in the day. They got James me. Stewart. Natron Means was always my boy. Yeah, Natron Means, he was a big bowling ball. He was fun to watch. And James Stewart, I mean, he still holds the record five touchdowns as a running back in one game for the Jaguars. Just incredible. So, yeah, there's a long line of impressive running backs. Problem is, the last one to be impressive quit being impressive in about 2012, and his last year with the Jaguars (laughs) was 2013. That's four years ago. It's time for some running game in Jacksonville. And and this guy, uh, the guy, Leonard Fournette, the guy who's – Coming in, he, he's been compared to Bo Jackson. Yeah. The, the type of athlete. That I mean, is. here's the comparisons you'll get Bo Jackson, very common comparison. You always hear Adrian Peterson. You hear a little bit of Todd Gurley, although I find it would be much more like Peterson and Jackson yeah. than Gurley. I think Gurley has a shiftiness about him yeah. more than all of those guys. Um, but great comparisons. Basically, those comparisons are drawn because they're players that have incredible size combined with incredible speed. Yeah, I just don't see it often. Yeah, I mean, I I like the pick quite a bit. I mean, they it it it's another offensive weapon yeah. that potentially could take over a game. Yeah, for me, the way I looked at this class, 
retrospectively mm-hmm. is 2017 impact yeah. versus long-term impact. Yeah. I think Fournette checks both of those boxes in oh, the yeah. first round because he's going to immediately come and be the starter at running back, and ideally he'll be the starter for at least five years. I mean, if you get five solid years out of a running back nowadays, that's good. Yeah. So I'll take that all day. Yeah, he's got to be a generational generational talent in this day and age to make it. Because look at I mean, look at guys like Adrian Peterson, yeah. Jamal Charles, and they've just they've been on the, the free agency. Yeah, way long. Just now, finally yeah. getting picked up, both of them, Peterson for the Saints and uh, uh, Jamal the Charles for the Broncos. I think that's a great pickup, by the way, for the Broncos. Yeah. That just made the AFC West that much tougher. I mean, that's got to really sting for Chiefs fans. Oh yeah, he was the the Broncos were the team that he's put the most yards on in the NFL. Wow! And now they just I did not see that one. That's funny. And I mean, not surprising, but you know, it had to be one of the divisional opponents. But no, I mean, yeah, like going into the draft, I was like, okay, they picked, you know, they picked Leonard Fournette. Let's see what they do for the rest of the draft. They got to get more physical. I mean, they have to start focusing on offensive line. Yeah, and that was like you—you you probably have to commit multiple picks to shore up the offensive line. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it might not have turned out that way. No, it certainly didn't. But getting back to Fournette a little bit, uh, like we said, I think the questions about his hands and his ability to be a three-down back and his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield is ludicrous. And he, I watched a lot of Leonard Fournette tape. Every time he was asked to go out of the backfield, he looked fluid, and he caught the ball. Oh, yeah. Every time. And, and there's even times, uh, I think he did it against... It was against Wisconsin, which was a really impressive game. Because Wisconsin's defense was just so stout to start the game. But he's that battering ram. He kept churning. Second half, they couldn't stop him. And one of those plays they couldn't stop him on was he just did a wheel route out of the backfield. About 30 or 40 yards downfield. It wasn't a great pass. He had to slow down and adjust to it. And he went up and got it just the same way Dalvin Cook does. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's totally overblown. And at his pro day... He was basically lining up as a wide receiver yeah. at times, yeah. just to show off. You know, hey, I got hands. I can, I can do anything you ask of me. And he showed off the hands at the combine too, where Dalvin Cook faltered. Uh, Fournette shone bright at the combine in the pass catching drills for running backs. So I don't know if it's a lack of people doing their homework or what it is. It's LSU not really using him in that way. I know, but if times. you go look at every time he was oh, yeah. asked to do it, he did it well. Yeah. It's just there's not the volume that you would hope to see. Yeah, which but, is, I mean... Does, it's not indicative of... Vo- lack of volume doesn't mean he, he isn't capable of doing so. Exactly. It's just not what LSU's yeah. Stone Age offense was interested in yeah. doing back in the day. <laughs> um, so, what are we giving this this first-round pick? What's the grade? I mean, it to me, it checks off the boxes. Playmaker, um, potential to change an offense, fills a need... Potentially, he's arguably a top two or three player overall in the draft. Um, I mean, to get a guy like that, it's at a running back, which is a, not his value position anymore. But, I mean, it's got to be an A. He, yeah. he, he was the clear front runner on um, as far as running backs go. And it's just, to me, I, I think it, it checks every box you can fill. Yeah. For me, 2017 impact, A+. plus. Yeah. Long term, maybe a B, B yeah. plus, because you're taking a running back in the top five when you maybe could have gotten a pass rusher that was going to be a belt ten belt. sacks a year yeah. perennially. But you never know. At that point, you were either going for Derek Barnett, Charles Harris, or Jonathan Allen. Mm-hmm. And I like all those players, but are they going to have the impact for you in a win now season that Leonard Fournette's going to? Probably I'd, not. I'd be interested to see what they would have done if Solomon Thomas was also on the board. Yeah. I think that there would be a strong chance they would have taken him. Although, he projects as a outside edge rusher or a guy that will move all over the place. But he never lined up yeah. at, on the edge in college. And I know people are just projecting his ability, which, yeah, I mean, he's got an incredible get-off-the-line mm-hmm. Like, every time, if you do the 
if you just click play on the beginning of a play and then immediately click pause, his head is way (laughs) in front of the rest of the defensive line. So you see that, and you see a little bit of those athletic traits. He has good speed. That's bold, though. Yeah. It's bold. 49ers end up with him. Um, They've already got Eric Armstead and uh, his old teammate. What was his name? Oh, out of uh, Oregon? Yeah. Oh, um... The guy that's better than Armstead. Uh, Eric Armstead and... He's on my Madden team. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember his name. Back to. Uh, but I mean, I think, to me, I think he's going to be even potentially more of an uh, outside linebacker in their Yeah, scheme. it'll be interesting. Uh, definitely for the 49ers. But I think this was a really solid pick. I think everybody saw it for the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, it, it shouldn't have surprised anybody, really. I mean, I mocked it multiple times. I said it that day. Mm-hmm. I think most people believed that day that's yeah. what was going to happen. And despite all the FSU fans leading up to the draft being <laughs> very adamant about Dalvin Cook, I think most of them realize Fournette is a different type of talent. Yeah. And he has a lot less question marks mm-hmm. yeah. in his game, on field and off field. <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, second round pick, Cam Robinson. Ooh. A lot of people didn't think he would last to us. I did. I, did. I also mocked him in one of my drafts. I thought you were crazy. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not think. For I a mean, second you just look him. at it. A lot of people like Garrett Bowles and Forrest Lamp more than him. So I just figured, you know what? I just thought this is a weak offensive line class. Yeah, I, I just thought that the much like a Q, well similar to a QB that the 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 potential of having a left tackle yeah. would drive his stock up. Yeah. So, obviously leading up, all of us speculated that Robinson would kick inside to guard immediately. Mm-hmm. Basically be drafted as yeah. a guard. But, he's drafted as a left tackle. Dave Caldwell, the GM, says he's going to compete at left tackle. Does that mean he's not going to play guard this year? I think one of the two have the potential. It's Whoever's the best five Get him out there. Right. Brandon Albert and Cam Robinson. They could play next to each other. They could play other. next to each other. Interchangeable. One way or the other. Hopefully. Yeah. That's the idea. Um, so, yeah. Just because he was drafted as a left tackle does not mean to me that he's not going to have a big impact in year one. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll I think play he'll play. Significant minutes. Uh, I think he'll play a lot. Probably start at the beginning of the season, if yeah. I had to guess. Yeah. I mean, you really going to hold Alvin him off the field? Us. Yeah, I mean... He could just beat out Brandon Albert, and that's that. That's the end of that for Albert there. Yeah. Or even if Albert does start at left tackle, are you really going to start Patrick Omame over Cam Robinson? He's going to have to earn it, but yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't earn it, that's probably a little bit of a red flag there. Yeah. Well, it's, so, it's a position he probably hasn't played. I know, but come on. Ever. Patrick Omame is a C- minus to C at yeah. best. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. He's not terrible. But and and I don't think like dealing with you don't power, draft a second round player to yeah. be okay. I don't I don't think dealing with power rush and bull rushes and you know just the physicality of inside. I don't. That's not Cam Robinson's weakness. No, so his I mean, weakness he, is speed rushers from the edge. So it seems like he should be able to just come in and be a road grader yeah. for Leonard Fournette. That's the idea. And they were the number one and number four overall prospects in their high school class going into college. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting to now see them getting to go play together on the same team after being rivals for. We had a we had a couple before the uh, 2016 season started. We have we had a couple projected top ten picks drafted this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, three first rounders. Yeah. Bottom line, like say even had, maybe maybe even four. Yeah. Westbrook's talent. Yeah. Westbrook has first round talent, but anyways, I guess after after we uh, finish up Robinson, we can transfer right into Smooth. So, what's the grade for Robinson? I mean, once again, they're addressing a need. Um, offensive line has has been a pain for countless years for the Jaguars. It further uh, solidifies what the what the thinking is in drafting Leonard Fournette. You know. Give him all the tools that he can to succeed, yeah, and it's a compliment to the first round pick. Exactly, yeah. and, and not only that, 
you got to keep your quarterback up. Yeah, compliment to the first <laughs> round pick and a compliment to the quarterback. Yeah, so I at mean, the same time, and plus the value, I did not think he would be there. I was hoping, I was hoping that either him or Forrest Lamp would be there. I'd be okay with either, but Cam, he's he's he should be a tackle at some point in his career. Forrest Lamp, maybe not so yeah. much. So I mean, this is they traded up for him because obviously they value him. And they went after Yeah, him. they did give up a six-round pick for him to move up one spot. Yeah. But what's a six-round pick, obviously? Yeah. I mean, well, who knows? Could have been a good player this year. It's a deep draft. But, but still, I mean, they yeah. felt it necessary, and uh, I don't have any problems with that. And they, they, they drafted someone who I, I think they would believe could be a, like a franchise left tackle. Yeah. And, you know, so he's got the traits to be able to do oh, that. Yeah. It just depends on if he can get more adjusted to that. Mm outside edge rush we'll see how it goes um there's a lot of talent on the texans at the on the edge uh so there's some talent in the division on the defensive line for sure the titans got some d-line talent um so he'll be tested there's no question about that uh dwayne smoot or dewan smoot I'm not sure what it is yet. Yeah. I think it would be Dwayne. It's a funny spelling, though, and I've heard somebody say Dewan on the radio, I believe, which who knows if that's accurate. But we'll go with Smoot. Great last name, obviously. Best name since Joel Schmingy for me. I love it. Oh, yeah. You you forget to mention Maurice Jones-Drew in there, though. Drew, yeah. The Drew was good. I yeah, saw that Drew tweet and I wanted to talk yeah. to you about that. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, Drew was good. I Drew was I, really I, good. I dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, you've got Drew, Schmangy, and now we've got Smoot, so that works, man. Um, Smoot, was, he was a bit of a surprise. Yes. I, honestly, I studied the draft. I knew players that got drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Yeah. I honestly did not have Smoot on my radar. Yeah. At all, especially not for the Jaguars. Because there were still guys like Carl Lawson out there. Yeah, um, who, who I actually mocked to the Jaguars. Yeah, in the third I thought round. he was going to be a second or third round pick. He yeah. didn't end up going until much later. Yeah, um, Smoot, he's going to come in. He's going to be uh, strong side end. So yeah, back, play as Campbell's Campbell. backup. But he'll play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he'll play probably a lot on third down. Well, not if Dante kicks over. It and, just depends on who's playing, who's getting to the passer better in yeah. my mind. Like. Mm-hmm. If Dante comes out and shines, they'll probably give him the chance on third down. If Smoot plays a lot better than yeah. Dante in camp, I would say they would give it to Smoot. Um, I don't think Dante is entitled to anything. Uh, but Smoot, this is a guy who where the Jaguars might have drafted Dante based on a lot of athletic traits and stuff like that. Smoot's not necessarily the athlete, but man, he has a spin move. Oh yeah, he can bend the edge with ease. Um, he can use his hands to get inside of the tackle mm-hmm. and squeeze in between the tackle and guard. I mean, he's got every move in the book. It seems like already coming out of college yeah. and be, prior to this 2016 season, he was projected to become a first round pick. Yeah, like I said, Todd McShay actually had him in a top, as a top five pick. Right, just on projections of what he could potentially turn into this year. So this is a guy might not have even seen anywhere close to his ceiling. He could be a much yeah. better pro than he was collegiate. Uh, they're, and they, they, he played about 265, 270. They've said they're going to have, have him add weight. Um, they said don't rule him out being, being the uh, um, switching over to the weak side end. Yeah, he could probably well. do both. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's more of a need at strong side depth for oh, depth. Yeah. yeah. So, what do we give him for his grade? Um, I mean, watching some film on him, you see flashes. He didn't have the production. I think he only had five sacks last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he's he should be a solid run stopper. He's gonna. They're gonna play a lot more six technique. So it's not necessarily going to be lined straight up nose to nose with the tackle. Yeah. Six technique is going to be shaded outside of the tackle, typically between him and a tight end. Um, that so gives I mean, you more of a chance to try to bend the edge. Exactly. It gives you your, to you, get around you know, the tackle and go yeah. go around the tackle and get to the quarterback's backside versus trying to work inside always yeah. and just stuffing the run. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's. I feel like it's going to work well to his. Um, 
his uh, cap- abilities. Yeah, it's he's going to be a backup end. I wanted a defensive end, um, so I mean, I I, I love it because there was a big hole. Yeah, retrospectively, I think it's a good pick. At the time, I was like, wow. Yeah, I think I mean, everyone was. He, it's not. It's 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 not a super flashy pick. I mean, it's. It's a guy a lot of people, I'm sure, were like, who? Yeah. Who's and smooth? He's not a starter right now. Yeah. That's the bottom line. He's not going to be a starter. He's going to be the guy they hope to take over for Clayus Campbell. Yeah. And what better role model do you have than to learn yeah. from No question from about him. that. So, so. If, if he ends up being the strong side end and taking over the position from Clayus Campbell, it's a great pick. But, I mean, it, to right now, it's, you know, it's... It's a, it's it's it fills a hole and then he flashes. So I mean, it's not an A. Yeah, I'm thinking I would give it a B. Yeah, it's got potential. Yeah, and a much much higher grade for future impact than 2017. So, yeah. and that's going to be the case for a lot of these later picks. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, Smoot was where it got pretty interesting. Yeah, third round. <laughs> Fourth round was where things started really, really getting interesting because you're starting day three of the draft. You've got guys like Jake Butt, immediate starter at tight end as soon as he's healthy. Uh, You've got guys like Dorian Johnson, immediate starter at guard if he's healthy, which you don't know if he – if we don't know if guard is a need right now because Robinson might play guard. He might not. We Mm -hmm. don't know. If he doesn't play guard, then it's definitely a need. And they passed on a guy who most projected to be an immediate starter with you know, possible Pro Bowl potential at Dorian Johnson. Uh, they passed on guys like Corn Elder, yeah. who would have filled a need. A lot need. of guys we've been talking about. Um, so the guys were there that we liked from here on out. Jaguars went in other directions. So for me, the rest of these picks will always be graded against the Jake Butts. Yeah. Against Dorian Johnson's, uh-huh. against Cornelders. And, you know, I, I saw the Broncos get Jake Butt, and I was just like, of course yeah. they did. Yeah. That John Elway knows how to draft. Yeah. He is right. something else. He's, God, he's got to be on the short list for best <laughs> presidents in football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and just GMs in general, because he's the president, GM, he's everything. Uh, so fourth round, D.D. Westbrook. Want to be excited about this pick? Let's have Scott come in and talk about the negatives just to start it off, get it out of the way. As a Texas fan, I would D.D. Westbrook has off-field issues. Yeah, there's no, there's no avoiding it. Um, what is it? It's the only reason that he slid to the fourth round. Right, and what? Um, much like his, his, uh, his former teammate, teammate, former teammate, it's. In domestic violence, um, he's been arrested twice since 2012 for it. Never been charged. Second time was 2013, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's you know. Oh no, I'm sorry, 2016. Oh, 2016, really? Yeah. Okay. That that wasn't domestic violence. violence that was um, uh, trespassing, which great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, it's it's basically. From what I've read up on him, it's him and his daughter, his daughter or son, um, I believe it was his daughter, and um, obviously an ex, the the mother, um, baby mom, him going to see the, the the child. Obviously, they don't get in, they don't get along. Um, there's he and the ex, him and the ex, not him yeah. and the child. There's been claims that he's thrown her to the ground. Um, he's bitten her and punched her. Yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't get the attention that Joe Mixon got, but it's a guy where, you know, it, there's strangely, it's been multiple times. Well, I guess not strangely. It's all about that videotape. Yeah. I mean, it, it's something polarizing about actually seeing it happen. Yep. You can sweep this under the rug. Eventually, if D.D. Westbrook comes into the league, never, hear, never has another issue, and comes out and plays incredibly well... This might not ever be talked about again. Yeah. For me, it was pretty alarming. Right after the pick happened, you see several NFL analysts tweeting things like, he's just a degenerate. Excuse me, degenerate. Yeah. When you've got guys saying the word degenerate like 
about someone's character. Yeah. You don't see that a lot. There's 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 reports where he was kicked out of an NFL combine inter- or NFL in- interview after 15 minutes. Yeah, which apparently that's never happened before. Yeah. So I mean, but of course he disputes that. This guy is all about can he control himself off the field? Because on the field, Whew. oh my goodness. On the field, he's a first-round pick. I hated this guy more than any other. He okay. might be better. With, with all the Oklahoma, with Sterling Shepard. Um, I know I'm forgetting another another wide Oklahoma. Kenny wide Stills. Team. Kenny Stills. I mean, of all those, he, he might beat them all. He's an unbelievable talent. Yeah. Now, what do you see... Comp what? Before we even get into analyzing his specific game, I just think he's an interesting guy because he's undersized. Yeah. But what do you see as his NFL comparison? Could be active or retired. Because as soon as I started watching tape on him, I immediately thought of two players. And they're lofty comparisons, (laughs) but I want to hear what you have to say. To me, um, and I I think it... It's it's gonna be a uh, similar AFC rival <laughs> that we hear. To me, T. Y. Hilton. Okay, yeah. Um, a more recent one. He's he's a tiny dude, but he can make plays all over the field. He's shifty. He's he can blow right by you. Um, I don't know if he's got the speed of T. Y. Hilton, but he he's so elusive. He certainly got the quickness and yeah. agility. Yeah. So maybe I mean, not the long speed. Yeah. But you don't see him getting caught on tape. By anyone. Oh, yeah. So, so T.Y. for you. Yeah. I immediately thought of another Colt, mm-hmm. retired Colt, Marvin Harrison. Coming out, and this is a comparison coming out of college, not coming out, or not after their uh, playing career in the NFL. Yeah, coming it's not out. a projection of what they will do. Yeah, so just, yeah. Marvin Harrison coming out of college was... Almost exactly like D.D. Westbrook. Maybe even less refined than Westbrook is now. Now, there's a lot of guys that you could say that about, probably, looking back through drafts, who never became Marvin Harrison. But, the talent's there. He also reminds me of Antonio Brown because of his ability, despite his diminutive nature, to win 50-50 balls. Yeah, he'll go. Because, I mean, you just don't see small guys like that usually winning 50-50 balls. And Antonio Brown does it almost every play. Yeah, uh, it's usually not just an easy catch for AB. He goes up and gets it a lot, and I see that a lot from Westbrook too. So those are obviously lofty comparisons, um, but I think they're legitimate. He has an ability, no matter where he is on the field, when he's running routes, to have sudden movements and sudden twitches that get. Defensive backs just totally discombobulated. Uh-huh. And uh, he does a lot of double moves. And the uh-huh. double moves can be so subtle. Yeah, you barely see him on tape, but you see the defender go flying in the wrong direction. And then you see him score a 60-yard touchdown. Because yeah. he just takes the top off the defense. And now what he's going to be doing for the Jaguars is doing that from the slot. And you he can't... did it from the slot some at Oklahoma, but he was also lined up as an outside receiver a lot at Oklahoma. I just don't know how you defend if how you can possibly defend a four wide receiver set against D.D. Westbrook, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, and Marquis. It forces you like you you it forces you. You don't have an option to put an additional corner on the field. Yeah, you cannot rely on a like Hunter said, uh, and we were texting about this. We've been texting all week long like gangbusters. Yep, you you cannot. By any means, put a linebacker or a safety on him and hope to stand a chance. No way. Because, I mean, even in the short game, he's going to create separation from a linebacker or safety on a drag route or a quick slant immediately. Um, I'm not trying to sound like a a homer here, but when you watch this guy on tape, he looks as good as any receiver that was drafted this year. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no question about it in my mind. And get ready to see him a lot on punt returns. Oh, yeah. And that's another reason it's a big addition. The Jaguars, historically, really, have just been garbage at kick returns and punt returns. There's been some decent players here and there. 
Uh, but there hasn't been really a consistent kick or punt returner for the Jaguars. You know, I mean, Alvis Witted was there for a while. Yeah. He was good. Rashad Green was good for who, a year. Who was the guy from Hawaii? Chad? Chad Owens Chad was Owens, good, but yeah. he was never spectacular. Yeah. He was um, always supposed to be the savior for yeah. the special teams. Good. I liked him, man. I really <laughs> liked him. Good old Chad Owens. Shout out to you, man. But this guy is unreal, man. It's just... If, he if might, you would have gone back, if he was in the Allen Robinson Marquise Lee draft with a no off field issues, I think he gets drafted before both. Look, of them. look at Tyreek Hill, almost identical situation. Yeah. Now, is he going to have a Tyreek Hill impact? No yeah. one knows. No yeah. one knows. But could he? There's no question about it. There's tape it. on there that suggests, hey, this this guy, he might be the best pick we made. <laughs> Talking about value. Yeah. Of 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 uh, when he was taken. Yeah. I mean, you can I mean, have... almost every fourth round pick, there's going to be risk because they're in the fourth round for some reason. Yeah. It's either because of off field issues, a lack of an elite skill set at some certain spots in your game, um, or you know, that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's uh, one or the other. Either you're not good enough to get drafted earlier, or there's something off field that people don't want to take a chance on. Right, so with Westbrook, it was the off-field, and I still just, and Scott's going to hate this, but just go watch his game against Texas yeah. this year. It's, I, I, I went back God. and watched it, it's, man, it's bad. I mean, you could watch any of his tape this year, <laughs> and you're just going to be really impressed. He the guy put us. up over 1,500 yards, and I believe he hauled in... Um, I think it was close to 80 catches. Yeah, and that's, almost twenty touchdowns, maybe more than twenty it was, it was touchdowns. Sixteen touchdowns. Yeah, it's year. just like geez, he, he averaged nineteen yards a catch. Yeah, <laughs> like that is ridiculous. Yeah, it's something else. So he's a guy to keep an eye on for sure. I doubt he's going to come in and push Lee Hearns or Robinson for one of their roles. Yeah, but it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. To me, it's. Insurance A that if they don't want to pay a ton of wide receivers, they don't have to. They're not yeah, that's what. Okay, so the pick makes sense for a couple reasons. He's a playmaker on offense, obviously. But did you need a playmaker on offense? You can make the argument they didn't. You did need a playmaker on special teams. You got yeah. that. And what you're talking about, the futures. Yeah. Next year, the Jaguars, or the, sometime this offseason, Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson will both be free agents if they don't get re-signed before next year. The Jaguars might not want to pay both of them. And if they didn't, that'd be reasonable. And uh, D.D. Westbrook being there would make it a lot easier not to pay one of them if you're the Jaguars. And I want to go on record saying this. I know I'm gushing a lot about the, the, the quality of football player he is. And with the whole Joe Mixon thing, I was openly against it. Yeah. Um, with this guy, I even tweeted about it. It's hard to defend this guy. I mean, look at his look at his past. Um, if I would, if we would have dra- drafted Joe Mixon, I would have been like, okay, let's see what this kid has in the future. You know, what happened in the past? It what else and can I'm, you? I'm do? open against it, but if this guy gives us gives it everything he has to turn his life around and make sure nothing like that happens again, so be it. Yeah. He's on the team now. I can't necessarily say I'm happy to have him around knowing the things that he did, but he's a Jaguar now, and this is basically a fresh start for him. Yeah. So, I mean... And Coughlin, that, these guys made it clear. Uh, there's no room for error off the field for him. He's going to be under, under close watch. Yeah, no question about it. Coughlin has experience with drafting receivers that have not panned out in the off-field. Mm-hmm. R.J. Soward, uh, he brought in, what's his name, in the late 90s, right when we were a young franchise, uh, Bad Moon Rising, Andre Rising, and he was terrible on and off the field. He just he wouldn't run the right routes. But So my point is, Coughlin's dealt with these guys. He's dealt with Odell Beckham, who's not a problem off the field, but God, he's a freaking nuisance on the field sometimes in terms of his behavior. 
Um, so he's dealt with a lot of receivers with these big egos, and hopefully, hopefully he knows what he's doing with this one. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be tough. What would you give the grade? Pure football player, man. This might be my favorite. Pure favorite football, it's an A. It's I mean, an A plus in the fourth I, round. Pure football, it's an A plus. As as someone who watches him, who's watched him a ton, man, this kid might be the, the steal of the draft. Yeah, he also might be in jail. In he also year. might, yeah, he might flame out and and be buried under legal issues. Yeah. So I mean, for me, it's a B because there's risk. Now, there's risk with every fourth-round pick. But there's real media, PR, all sorts of really bad risk here. And there's a history of yeah. repeated right. so, things. On-field, A++++. Yeah. Off-field, it's an F. Put them together, what do you get? In the fourth round, I'll give it a B. Yeah. <laughs> so, going to the fifth-round pick, player I just love... Love, love, love him. Blair Brown, linebacker from Ohio. He'll be Telvin Smith's backup weak side linebacker. He'll be a day one special teams contributor. I think he's going to be a problem for some of the guys we signed out linebacker in the offseason. Audi Cole, Josh McNary. Uh, Laurenti McCray might not be as affected by him because mm-hmm. he's going to also be a pass rusher. What do we think? Yeah, I mean, there's no denying he's a good football player. I had... I, th- I was, I was, my first reaction was, why? You know, I mean, I know linebacker, linebacker depth is an issue on this team. Yeah. But, I mean, we, there were, there were, there's. Well, it was an issue. And, you can't really say it was an issue now. I mean. Yeah. Now you, <clears throat> well, especially not there. I mean, you could have definitely argued Sam linebacker. Yeah. But he's not a Was Sam a hole, and he's not that. <laughs> Um, so at, at value, it's a great value pick. Um, I would give it a C, just because. I, to me, the only rationale I have is the later the draft gets, they're looking at the draft board and they say, "Man, we have Blair Brown as an early fourth round guy. Let's get a good guy. player. Let's. He's the best guy that we have on on the board. Let's just go get him. It's yeah. a." It, what was it, a fifth-round pick? Yeah. Go get a guy who you think can contribute and someday maybe be a starter over someone who might just fill a need for this year. So that's yeah. that's how I rationalize it. Yeah, guys whose contract is up after 2017. Exactly. Maybe they don't want to pay a weak side linebacker. I'm not... I'm going to go on record and say I absolutely think the Jaguars should pay Telvin Smith, not as much as he wants, but as much as is honestly within reason. Yeah. Because I think he's the heart and soul of the defense. I mean, he's there's other guys that if Telvin left would be leaders. Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, all and, sorts of guys. And, but that guy, he, he's he got a special football character that you don't always see. Yeah. And of the linebacking positions, for me, Sam would be the one I'd share. I mean, to have a big, just run stuffer in this day and age in the NFL... It's nice, but it's not, you know, you're not throwing money at it. I mean, last year that position for the Jaguars was on the field less than 30% of the time. So you're basically paying two linebackers. I think if you're cutting out a third of the linebacking core to have to rely a decent-sized salary on, and just to think about the player that Telvin Smith is and the leader and the vocal. Pay Telvin, pay Miles when his time comes, assuming he plays like we think he will. And then, you know, just get a Sam linebacker. After pause is done, just that's get, good. Get not like great. A, yeah. uh, like not a first day free agent yeah. or an undrafted free agent that comes in and, and plays well. Yeah, role player. Yeah, that's all he is. He, if he's an excellent special teamer and you and you can play him at Sam, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> for me, I give it this grade for a fifth round pick Blair Brown much higher than C. I'm looking at like a B plus. Mm-hmm. This guy's instinctive as hell. Uh. He diagnoses plays way before I can tell what's about to happen. Man, he was blowing He's moving towards the ball probably before the running back even knows that he's about to get the ball. He had um, a good game against Tennessee. He's impressive. <laughs> uh, and 
He's a smaller guy. He's he's a smaller guy like Telvin, which I think it'll be great to learn behind Telvin for him. Even if Telvin's not like giving him pointers, just watching Telvin yeah. will be good for him. Um, they do have not necessarily the same type of game because Telvin doesn't have to rely on his instincts as much as Brown does. Telvin's a lot faster. Yeah. Telvin runs down wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. Like he's a freak at yeah. linebacker. He should. Physically, it's weird that he can play linebacker. Yeah. It's, it doesn't make it's, sense. It's, it's weird how much better he is in, in the run game than he is in the pass game. It is. It's bizarre. It is. And, uh, you know, Brown can learn maybe some work ethic and things like that from Telvin. Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't study his habits because Brown's <laughs> habits might already be better than Telvin's. Yes, yeah, exactly. In terms of uh, pre-play instincts and all that type of stuff. But when he gets the, to the ball carrier, he can bring a load. He's a solid tackler. He's a solid. He's not an explosive tackler. Yeah. He's not blowing people up regularly. But when he gets there, you feel it a lot. You see that the running back or whoever he's hitting, they stop. They don't yeah. pile through him like you would see through a cornerback. Right. But he doesn't always. There's always the initial contact where both stop. He doesn't always drive through the yeah. running back or whoever it may be. But he gets there, slows him down, and gets him on the ground. Yeah. And he's a form tackler. So, for a fifth-round pick, I love it. Yeah. I mean, he, I've heard a lot about the guy. And for a fifth-round pick, to just passively hear about a guy, it, 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 it shows something. And digging deeper, you can see him making flashes. He's, just, he's an undersized guy. He's a backup linebacker right now, special teamer. Yeah, and I mean, he he's really going to make life difficult for Audi Cole and Josh McNair. Because yeah, yeah. both of those guys were brought in primarily as special teamers. They're obviously linebacker backups as well, but they're going to have a hard time holding Blair Brown off. They really are. Oh, yeah. Uh, the next pick was not in the sixth round because they traded that sixth yeah. round pick to get Cam Robinson. Jalen Myrick, seventh round. Or Myrick. Don't know how to pronounce his last name yet either. But, I mean, all you have to say when you start this conversation is he ran a 4-2-8-40 at the Combine. That's how the conversation starts. Yeah. How does that fall to the seventh round? No one has given me a good answer on that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, I mean, the answer, I guess, really is I think, an incredibly deep cornerback class. And he's, he's more exclusively a nickel. Well, in college he wasn't, but that's how he projects. Yeah, right. Uh, Mike K actually talked about him. He, he he's Mike K. Shout out. He's you're doing a great job. I mean, he he was all over this draft. Yeah. Um, he was talking he kicks about, ass. First coast yeah. news for sure. Um, he was talking about how a lot of people were surprised Myrick Mir- uh, made it past the fourth round. Yeah. Just because of speed alone. Four I mean, two eight. They, like. The combine record was set this year by John <laughs> yeah. Ross at four two two, right? Yeah, that's a half a second. I mean, excuse me, a half. It's point zero five seconds slower. Yeah, that's yeah. It's 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 lazy. half of a tenth of a second. He's probably going to be a kickoff return. It's he's like a twentieth of a second. Yeah, he they, he said he's probably going to be nickel, or potentially move kind of the free safety role. Um, he he compared him a lot to Peyton Thompson. A guy that can is very flexible. Can Peyton Thompson wishes he could run that. Way. Yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's just saying he's he's not really a guy that's going to push Tayshawn Gibson, but a guy who he thinks could transition to either the nickel or free safety role. I so mean, I mean, he's got versatility. He's got special teams ability. Look for him on as a gunner on punt coverage, um, kickoff returns. He's also going to be a backup to someone who. Is in a contract year this year. It's Aaron a theme. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. So, you know, you could see Williams starting in the next couple of years if he ends up doing what he needs to do on the field. Obviously, well, not obviously. I don't know why I said obviously. Because he's a seventh-round pick. Nobody knows anything about him besides the fact that he ran a 4-2-8. He does not get his hands firmly grasped on the ball very often in coverage. He doesn't pick it off. Yeah. But he regularly is disrupting the receiver from catching the ball by, I don't know, it just seems like his hands are always on the ball. Hmm. Never comes down with it. But he's constantly disrupting 
uh, at the point of catching it for the receivers, which is good. Yeah, I would say that's a good thing. His, I believe his percentage against him, completion percentage, is below 40 for his career in college. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's really impressive. Um, Although he's playing in the Big Ten, I mean, I'm not surprised. He sucks. <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't have great uh, flexibility for a guy as fast as he is, yeah. which is another reason he's not projected. Because like, if he had smooth hips, he'd probably be like... Okay. First or second round pick, easily. He's not huge. He's a pretty small guy, mm-hmm. but speed kills in the NFL. He's got it, and he's got plenty of it. This team got he's so much He's instinctive with getting his hand in the way of the receiver, mm-hmm. and uh, he'll be fun to watch. Seventh round pick, you can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, like I said, kickoff returns. You've got him and Corey Grant back there. Yeah, that's Both explosive. Like, Explosiveness. That's crazy. And, I mean... DD might be better than both of them at kicker turns. <laughs> Special team Joe D. Camillas yeah. must be loving this draft. I don't know if it was a Halloran or who it was, but on 10-10, one of the guys was like, it was like after the second round, or after the third round, they just gave the reins over to Joe D. Camillas. The rest of the Joe draft D. is you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, save for the very last pick, Marquez Williams. Woo! He's just a big bowling ball from the University of Miami. He's a fullback. <laughs> he actually lost 20 pounds during the draft process. Um, he actually has highlight reels out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy for a fullback. He's a fullback. He got drafted. He's a bowling ball. He's, he weighed 280, and I think. He's about to pave the way for some very nice Leonard Fournette runs in the future. Oh, my goodness. I, lo- <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah. I like him. It's interesting... Uh, They've already signed Tommy Bohannon, who paved the way for Chris Ivory. Yeah. Um, in 2015. It'll be interesting to see who wins that battle. I have a feeling it's going to be Williams, though. He's a load, man. He's he's a real football player. Yeah. He's a hell of a football player. No, no disrespect to Tommy Bohannon, but this guy seems like the real deal at fullback. A yeah. real fullback. Yeah. He's not a Marcel Reese or a no, Mike Tolbert. No, he's going to punch somebody in the mouth Yeah, every single play. I like it a lot. Now, we've got some cool undrafted free Okay, well, for the undrafted free agents, overall draft grade, how do you feel? I feel the first three, the first three rounds went maybe not in, the, in that same particular order that we expected, but they went about the picks, the positions were what we expected. Um Later on, to me, it turned into just value. And I think long-term, there are they set themselves up well. Yeah, um, big time. They didn't answer a lot of questions. Um, I'm surprised there's no quarterback. But after, I mean, once, after the third or fourth round, you're picking one just to pick one. Exactly. I mean, you're not going to find Tom Brady every year. Um, you got a guy that they like, Brandon Allen. If you were going to pick a quarterback, you were going to pick one early. Yep. Um, so I mean, they got some really good football players. I'll give it a B plus because I I think just on talent alone, this team got a lot better no and question. a lot faster. Yeah, and I honestly think every one of these players that was drafted will make the team. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that doesn't always happen. Uh, not when you're this far into a rebuild and mm-hmm. you've got so much talent, it seems like, already on the roster, at least as starters. So, yeah, that's good. When, there were a couple things that were unanswered. Tight end. Yep. I'm shocked there's no tight end pick. Yeah, me too. Like, They really, really like those young guys. Yeah. No guard. And they still got Rivera and Mercedes Lewis. People always forget about that. Gary Barnage. Yeah, he's he could there. be coming in. He's, he's visiting Yep, after the Kentucky Derby, hopefully. So we'll see about that, how that goes for sure. I'd give it a 2017 impact, B- minus to C- plus range. Yeah. Future impact, you're looking at B- plus to end of the A range. And to be honest, in a draft, that's what you should be looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's important for this regime to win right now. The fans want to win right now. We both want the Jaguars to win right now. But when you're building a successful program in the NFL, it's about building for the future. And they did do that this year, while also addressing some big-time holes at running back. Uh, Yeah. We're running out of time here quickly. We spent... 
all but seven minutes of the program covering the draft here. Sorry about that, guys, but I figured everybody wants to hear our opinion on all the picks. We've got some interesting undrafted free agents. Justin Horton, he'll be the backup strong side linebacker, most likely, if he does make the team, from JU. He was close to being the first JU player to ever get drafted in the NFL. Uh, Didn't quite happen for him this year, but... He's got a good shot to make the roster. Carol Phillips from Illinois, uh, third-round pick, Smoots, former teammate and current teammate. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. He's a pass rusher as well. Um, oh, I'm glad you have this name, <laughs> not me. <laughs> Amba Etatawo, I don't know. That's probably terrible. From Syracuse, wide receiver, 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns as a senior. Gotta like that. Yeah. Uh, Itavius Mathers at Middle Tennessee State. He started his career at Ole Miss, transferred. He had a massive year this year, 20 touchdowns, 17 rece- or seventeen rushing, three receiving. Hunter Dimmick, 83 pressures in the, uh, 2016, led all of college football at yeah, defensive end. Yeah, how did this end. guy not get drafted? He didn't get drafted. <laughs> I mean, he's on the older side, but... So the man. scouting report on this guy is insane strength and physicality. Yeah. But terrible athletically. Yeah. So he's got polar opposite attributes. So it'll be interesting to see if he can overcome the lack of athleticism with that just extreme power and motor. Um, Blake Bortles' fifth year option was picked up, moving on quickly from the undrafted free agents into some current news. What does it mean? Really? Nothing. Yeah. As long as Blake Bortles isn't injured at the end of the 2017 season. And he can't can't pass a physical at the beginning of March. It's not guaranteed. They could still get rid of him. It was just a buy time. I mean, if he's um, if he's not good this year, they're they're probably gonna move on. Yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. However, I still probably wouldn't have done it because you are at risk if he does get injured. Injuries at quarterback position are not uncommon. Yeah, and uh, to to me, it was more insurance that they didn't take a quarterback next this year. So, they, for mean, them, they would have been from the opposite side of the fence. You could say they would be taking a risk if they didn't do it because then they could be out and not have any quarterback going into 2018 yeah. besides maybe a rookie if, if or Brandon Allen. If he's bad, then you're not going to resign him anyway. Yeah. If he's good, you're going to resign him at probably a higher rate than $18 million this yes. year, which is like 16 So, the risk is there on both sides of the fence. They went with what they thought was less risky, yeah. in my opinion. And maybe they're like, oh, show of good faith. Yeah. They I, do I, like these doing I these think, shows of good faith. I like, think they believe in him. Like re-signing Chad Henney this yeah. offseason, quote-unquote <laughs> re-signing. Yeah. They like to show some good faith in their guys. But uh, I don't think it really means anything. Calais Campbell, only Jaguar to make the top 100 this year. He came in at number 83 or 84, I believe. Good for him. It is Malik Jackson is not on that list. It is, because honestly, he played as well as Calais did last year. Calais had some cool stats, though. (laughs) He got an interception, two forced fumbles, a bunch of passes defended, because he's always got his hands up there. Always gets good sack numbers. He got eight sacks. So, I mean, he had a hell of a year. Hopefully, he can repeat that this year for the Jags. That'd be massive. But Malik did really deserve to be on there. It's hard to make it though when you're playing with a team that's three and thirteen. Yeah. It really is. So that's pretty much going to do it. It's been a crazy week. Um, thanks again for listening to our fifty-minute draft analyst. I did or <laughs> draft analysis. I did not think that was going to go so fast. You want to get into some of the players they cut real quick just to get that in there for the fans? Yeah, just real quick. Um, there's they made a couple cuts to get down to the limit, right? Great. They signed a bunch of undrafted free agents. Yeah. To sign those guys, they had to get rid of a bunch of current players. Yeah, the guys you've probably heard of, EJ Bibbs, tight end, played a little bit last year. Uh, Greg Van Roten, offensive lineman. That was Best brought name in, in the, football. Yeah, brought him for the Canadian League. They let him go. Arturo Uzdevenis, he was brought in as well. Bronson Hill, um, Daryl Richardson, formerly of the Rams fame. Um, yep. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of guys. Tony Washington. Yeah, he was um, a fan favorite yeah. for sure. Um, and originally they had tweeted out that Shane Wynn was yeah. also getting cut. 
They went back and corrected that. Shane Wynn is still with the team. He's also a fan favorite at wide receiver. Board again. Yeah, so hopefully he can stick around. He's a good guy. He's fun to watch. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just it's a lot of guys who weren't going to make the team anyway. Right. So, sucks for those guys, but out with the old and with the new. Always move forward. Good for the Jags. you got to keep upgrading. I think they realized last offseason that if you stand pat at any position without trying to get better, you are going to be sorely. Uh, Everyone else is trying to get better. Really, really shocked once it comes. Yeah. Once it comes game time. So that's going to do it for this show. This has been the 27th episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure to give us feedback. Um, follow us online at jinjag.com. Make sure to check out our social media. Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. Twitter, at Generation Jag. You can follow Scott Klein, at Scott Klein one on Twitter. Follow myself, Jordan DeLugo, at Jordan DeLugo. And make sure to go check out our sponsors, Bold City Brewery, at BoldCityBrewery.com. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And make sure to go check out their new location downtown, right on East Bay Street. It's a good time. And uh, they're really trying to improve downtown, help out with the elbow situation over there. So make sure to go check them out. And thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend, Duval. Happy Cinco de Mayo. May the 4th be with you. And go Jaguars. Go Jaguars. (laughs) Have a great one. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.